You're listening to Messages of Infinite Light with Ain Kate Sullivan, the show that helps us discover the truth of who we are and imagines where we are going as masterful creators. Welcome, light travelers. This is Ann Kate Sullivan, host of Messages of Infinite Light. And I'm also the author of the Sparkle series for children. And today I thought I would share a story about how many of my children's books came into being. It's a success story, so you might have fun with this. And of course, it has a variety of challenges, but all hero and heroine's journeys have dragons to face. That's how we get stronger. My children are now grown. But when they were little, I used to write stories for them, and sometimes they would illustrate them. The first story I wrote was called Kachina's Rose, and later it became the first book in the series that I published, uh, which is called Sparkle and the Gift. Now they're together as a companion set. But the fairy tale literally came to me one night as we were all sleeping in a hotel room during a vacation. I woke up to the smell of roses. It was really, it was just permeating the air. It was so interesting. And in that darkness, I wrote the story on a piece of paper. The next morning I read it and I was delighted and I read it to the kids and they liked it too. So yeah, this became Kachina's Rose. They drew illustrations about the little fairy. And then we put it in a drawer, just kind of forgot about it. Now, one of the things I can tell you about fairy tales is that they're often based in reality. I mean, it might be a a different dimension, but it's still some version of reality. Of course, if we don't like a story, I mean, the great, this is the great thing about books. If you don't like them, you just close the story. You open up a different story. Of course, we could do that in our lives too. (laughs) Let's remember that we tell stories all the time. And that we are the authors of our lives. We can choose what stories we're telling and listening to. I would always tell my children that if they didn't like what was happening in life, then they had to design something new. Our thoughts become words and our words act as spells and they create the reality we live into. And fairy tales teach us this. I always reminded my kids that they could create anything they wanted to in this world. But to remember to be loving and kind, that's really important. Right now in this world, we need to be compassionate and continue to throw our light through the darkness so that we know where we're going. And a little sparkle helps light up our way. I kept writing sparkle stories and we stuck them in drawers and closets. And now I have to say this, certain stories have magic in them. And when the stories are supposed to come into the world, events come together in such a way that the illustrations, the design, the entire publication process just reveals itself. I think about that for a second. We don't make things happen. We co-create their happening. We're involved in the design. So one day my daughter called me from her university to tell me that her friends really needed the sparkle stories. She said, my friends just don't get that they're magic. And I really remember her. She had this really long sigh, like, when are they going to get it? They don't know about Sparkle. And then she asked me to have the stories published. 
Okay, so I'm going to take a quick ad break. And when we come back, we're going to continue on the Sparkle Story adventure. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high vibe connections, superpower masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to superpowerexperts.com and sign up today. So welcome back. And I'm talking about Sparkle today, the Sparkle series, how it came about. And I'm just going to carry on with this story. So my, my daughter, Catherine is her name. My daughter said, would you please publish these stories? Now, that seemed reasonable to me. I mean, why not? And I worked in the publishing world, so I called a few publishers, and I, and then I was told this is the dragon, first dragon. I was told that there wasn't a market for spiritual children's books, books, and I thought I thought about that for a few days because I, I was like, well, okay, I've been rejected, so uh, how do I deal with that? And I was well, maybe it's not a rejection. Maybe it's maybe it's that they have to find the right place so that they can really come out and they can thrive in their own way. I mean, they were born in their own way. They're going to, they I just have to follow the design. And it was a real lesson. It's a real lesson that if you wait for the impulse, then quite often you just know how to walk forward. So this is a secret that I want to share with you. The universe is conspiring to help us. I'm going to say it again. The universe is conspiring to help us. So a few days later, my interior decorator, Belle Crow Ducre, was designing. I can't remember what she was doing. I think she was painting something in my son's bedroom. And then I suddenly heard sobs. So I ran in thinking something terrible had happened. And she was sitting on his bed with the story sprawled all over the covers and with tears rolling down her cheeks. And she said, I want to illustrate these stories. And I loved her sniffle. I'll never forget it. So that was in the year 2011. So this is a good decade ago. And we're still producing stories, which is which is amazing. I didn't know what to do. I really didn't. I I just I just started asking people if they knew someone that knew anything about indie publishing. And I thought, well, maybe I'll do it myself. I met a book shepherd by the name of Ellen Reed, and and she was lovely. Um, <laughs> she was quite a character. She described herself as the as a bull, which which she sort of was. I mean, she was somebody who could make things happen. I think in her case, she made things happen. Anyway, she was an indie publishing expert, and and I worked with her until she departed this world, and. Uh, and at that time, as she crossed on, another publishing coach arrived, and his name is Mike Daniels, and he's been my great friend ever since. And I took a story of Becoming to him. It was like a new little book I, I had that was etched out in black and white drawings, and, and that was really funny because he looked at it. I'll never forget, we we're sitting in a little cafe in Boulder, Colorado, and he went, People don't like books in black and white. Why did you do that? <laughs> so anyway, um, I said, well, I, I guess I can hand it back to Belle and she can 
draw a story. She can draw something in color. Let's try it. He was like, it should be much bigger. And it was almost as if the story of Becoming was in its process of becoming. And it was just beginning to, to reveal itself. So the first version, black and white, second, and then Belle really, really took off with this. It was when her, her ability as an illustrator just, just blossomed. So it's the story of a seed that becomes a sapling and then a little tree and then the sweet little apple tree is eaten by deer and it's struck by lightning and it's dug up and studied. And I don't know about you guys, but I have definitely felt those moments. So, but the wonderful thing about the apple tree is that every time, every time something happens, she becomes more and more and more miraculous. Her red apples become golden apples and, and on it goes. So that, that's a, a story of becoming. Now, what's interesting, I'm going to just do sort of back up for a minute, because in the 1980s, I worked as an editor in the publishing industry. And back then it was very slow. You actually had to be able to type and spell and have a fairly good grasp of grammar. And, and we had papers and we, we, uh, drew the typos on the papers and there was a whole team of us working. And at the time, the big publishing houses controlled the narrative. That's not so true anymore. With indie publishing, other voices are emerging. I think a new paradigm in publishing is happening and now spiritual children's books can exist. And I'm, I'm really glad. And there's definitely a market because these are best-selling books. Now, remember that I said that certain stories have magic in them. So they are in their process of becoming. They have their own sparkle and their own way of being. Like, I think all sorts of things happen in life. And we have the choice to learn our lessons, to integrate, evolve, and become wiser and more miraculous too. And I think it's great when we have stories that reflect that because instead of giving up and moving into despair and fear, fear and separation and all the more negative things that can happen, we can have characters like Sparkle that just remind us to be a little wiser. Now, what's interesting about a story of becoming is that not only did Belle really grow as an artist, and I think I really grew as a writer. I don't know how many times I how many edits that went through, but the book got better and better. And finally, we brought it out. We learned about design and we learned about printing and page count and word count and you know, paper quality, all these things. So it's amazing how much goes into a book and you can have embossed labels. I mean, it just, you know, dust jackets, all sorts of things that go on. Anyway, eventually we had this beautiful, it's really is a beautiful book. And um, I was very very happy to see it fully emerge. And I thought if I entered the book into 18 literary awards, now I didn't really know what I was doing at the time uh, with the literary awards, but I thought, well, if I enter 18 literary awards, I'm bound to win at least one or at least an honorable mention or something. What's funny is that a story becoming won 18 literary awards, <laughs> which was great. I It was like, oh, here and here and here and here and here. We wound up going to Paris and London and going all over the place to win a, to receive our awards. It was great. And it was the first book that, that I had written that was actually successful that people bought and read. And uh, it, it became an Amazon bestseller, I think all of 2015, some of 2016. 
And um, yeah, stayed at the, and it's still actually one of my best-selling books. I, people really love it. It's a fable. It's not industry standard at all. <laughs> but it is the tale each of us undertake. And it's a book to circle back to when times are difficult and when the world looks dark. And, and to remember that sometimes when we've retreated into ourselves and we're in our houses and we can't go outside and it's we're every we're in that actually we're dreaming ourselves into being we're becoming precious pearls we're becoming actually who we're meant to be so it's it's a great book for actually all ages and in the time that we're in and and a book that i return to again and again so this book made our publishing company um and I decided that I wanted to have not only our continual readers, because we, we were pretty nonconformist. We didn't adhere to industry standards. So I decided to take Sparkle and the Gift, which is about 4,000 words, and, and um, bring out Kachina's Rose, which is the story within the story. All of the Sparkle stories have a story within the story. So the story within Sparkle and the Gift is Kachina's Rose. It's an easy reader book. And we just found that it was fun for the parents and the kids to have these books that the parents had this longer book. My, my daughter would always make me read like five books before she went to sleep. So I just made longer books. Um, but the child likes the shorter books and they can learn how to, to read. And a lot of times they'll do this together. I'm, I'm finding this now too, with, with a new book I have out called Iala Mother Swan. That's in English and Spanish. And that's fun. Someone told me today that, she really appreciated the um, having English and Spanish together on the pages because she could read Spanish, uh, but not English. And her daughter can read English and not Spanish. So they're, they're doing that together. Anyway, back to Sparkle. Um, the next pair of books and that's in the Sparkle series is it's Sparkle in the Light is the continual reader and Ella's Magic is the uh, easy reader. Now, these are, again, these are out-of-the-box books. These, This is about a little girl who has a special gift, and she doesn't understand it, and her parents try to help her hide it, but she has a light that shines out of her forehead. And when she gets curious, the light gets really bright. <laughs> Eventually, she's discovered, and she has to deal with the fact that she has superpowers, and they're real. So she's lovely. So the third, and it might be the final pair in the series. We'll see. Who knows? There might be more. Uh, but Sparkle and the Fireflies is still in the process. Undina's Spell, the story within the story, is out. And I really don't know how this is going to unfold. One thing about Sparkle is that she she definitely has her own way of being. So when I say this is how it's going to go, this is what I believe today, and who knows? But anyway, <laughs> Undina's Spell just won the Gold with Nautilus Book Awards, which is really great. It's an amazing award, and I'm, I'm so happy that the books, you know, all these years, are still doing so well. So Undina's Spell is about a, a fairy who casts a spell on a, on a girl, so that she can hear the voices of the natural world. And the animals are distressed about the state of the earth. And so the little girl says, well, she'll, she'll go on the quest to find out what to do, how to heal the earth. So she goes and she faces the dragon. And eventually she meets the old woman of the world 
who has the magic she's looking for. So I'm not going to tell you what happens exactly, but it's definitely a, a heroine's quest, another fable for all ages. So over the 10 years that we've worked on the Sparkle books, we've confronted these industry standards. And as I said, we I decided I wanted to be a nonconformist story, storyteller. It's a couple of those, uh, Kachina's Rose and, and Ella's Magic are industry standard, but I, I didn't want to be constrained. I was like, you know, our readers... In the past, we might have been, we might have thought in a way that was very linear. But as with these new kids that are coming in, they're they're they have all kinds of levels of seeing and being and understanding that are multidimensional. And so these books match these new these the indigo kids, the crystal kid, they, these new kids that are coming in that really get what's going on. So. I think there's something to be said for just allowing stories to arise naturally. So when you take a a creative writing class, they would probably tell you to have it all planned out. I've never done this. We never wrote for an audience. We never had an outline. We just let it unfold. And as Belle would say, why just shine when you can sparkle? I always like that. So now I've published uh, 17 of my own books. Bell's working on a very inspiring and colorful deck of cards that should be out next year. That's going to be great. I'll do it. I'll do another show on that when when that comes out. But just anyway, it's coming. It's going to be fun. I learned a lot about collaboration and partnership working with Bell Crow Decray. I tend to go more mental and abstract. Bell, as the artist, is able to manifest my visions with her pencils, which I think it's amazing. Often I'll write a story and then I'll tell her about it. And she would say, Oh, what like this? And she will have been drawing the same images. So there's some kind of collaborative dreaming that the two of us are able to do. And, and it's, it's really super fun. How does that work? Well, I told you it's magic. <laughs> so I thought it might be fun to read you Kachina's Rose. It's 900 words. So it's rather like a long poem. Now, if you want to go see the illustrations, uh, you can go to infinitelightpublishing.com or you can go to my website, which is nksullivan.com. My first name is spelled A-Y-N and then Kate, C-A-T-E-S, Sullivan, S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N.com. And I, I have a book page for each book. So you will you can find Kachina's Rose there. And there's some pictures and um praise for the book and reviews and, and so forth. I think I've, there are a few videos too. Um, and you can, you can download the Kindle edition. I think anywhere in the world, you can download the Kindle in the hardcover from Amazon. It's also Barnes and Noble. And I, I'm hoping we're going to do an imagination video before too long, but anyway, stories can be seen, but they can also be heard. Now, when we move from ordinary storytelling into, into the other world, we just want to pause just for a minute because our mind has been very busy trying to get things right. We've tried to spell and <laughs> we've tried to understand in a linear way, but now we're going to leave that behind. See, in the bard's world, trees talk, the wind can sing, old women live for hundreds of years, and fairies know how to make healing roses. So here we go. 
Kachina's Rose, A Sparkle Fairy Tale. Once upon a time, a fairy named Kachina lived by a river with a flock of birds and a tribe of nature spirits. Together, they tended the green valley, creating beautiful designs and patterns. Kachina loved nothing more than watching the furls unfurling along the riverbanks in the morning when the sunlight would tip over the ridgeline and say good day to the glistening spiderwebs. Flitting along with hummingbirds, Kachina inspired the flowers to open. The blossoms attracted insects. Birds and animals came to help the fairy by spreading fruit and seeds throughout the valley. One morning, Kachina noticed that Scrub Jay seemed sad. So she stopped to speak with the bird. Humans don't value the natural harmony anymore, said Scrub Jay. Maybe you can help them hear and feel again. Setting out to find the humans, Kachina followed the river that rambles and rushes along the valley. At the place where the river bends and the water becomes still, the fairy saw her reflection for the first time. Kachina liked her golden locks, her wispy eyelashes and eyes that sparkled with all the colors of the rainbow. Why, I'm beautiful, she said, flitting her wings. Flashing her translucent wings in the sunlight, Kachina jumped for joy, feeling happy to be alive. At dusk, orange, pink, and golden rays of light colored the river, and then the sun sank beyond the horizon. All night, Kachina gazed across the wide, dark sky, asking for directions. Feeling the light of the moon and stars on her wings, she listened carefully. Then the wind blew east. The next morning, Kachina was carried by wind towards the rising sun. She had never left the river before, but soared along the valley until she saw hard blue paths that seemed stiff and stopped the grass from arising. Kachina saw her first human and hid to watch him. The gardener was loud and rough. The fairy wondered why he blew away leaves that had been delicately dropped to feed the young seedlings. The sound made her feel terrible. Did you explain that your seedlings need the leaves? Asked Kachina. The maple tree replied sadly that the gardener did not listen to her. Joseph doesn't really mean any harm, said Scrub Jay, landing on a branch. He has forgotten that trees and plants communicate. Kachina found it odd that humans could not hear the natural world. Then a brilliant idea came to Kachina. She would design a gift from the forest, the most beautiful flower that had ever been seen in this little manicured part of the world. It would be a present for every 
living being. A gift of fairies is to feel the flow of life. Kuchina could sense which flowers were ready to come forth. Near a sluggish stream, Kuchina dropped some vibrant green fairy dust, and the water sparkled and danced again. Finding a rosebush filled with buds, the fairy sang her blissful song to a blossom that had all the vibrations of a perfect design. The white rose responded by opening as if touched by the warm rays of the summer sun. A little blind mole stuck his snout out of the earth to sniff the perfume of the white rose. The flower also attracted Joseph's attention, and he thought it would make a wonderful present for his wife. Taking out his shears, Joseph cut the stem of the white rose. <gasps> Kachina let out a gasp. At first, the flower was shocked, but then the white rose realized her task was to share her energy with another. She had to let the flower go. Does Joseph know that the flower carries a perfect design? Asked Kachina as she flew to the mother bush to soothe her wound. Maybe Joseph does know in his own way, said Scrub Jay. Kachina watched through the rose as Joseph handed his wife the rose. And it's actually Kachina watched through the window as Joseph handed his wife the vibrant white rose. Marta was in bed and was very frail, but took the blossom delicately in her fingers. For a moment, she paused as if hearing a tinkling of bells. Breathing in the fragrance of the white rose, Marta sighed, and her eyes began to fill with light. Marta thought she could hear faint music coming from within the blossom and listened carefully. She began to hum and felt happy for the first time in many moons. As Marta drifted off to sleep, Kachina began to call out to other nature spirits for help. There was much talk between the sun and the moon. Some stars from other galaxies sent messages of hope, and eventually the lightworkers from many dimensions began to sing. Can you hear them singing right now? Sometimes if you go out at night and you just, you just stand underneath the stars, you can hear, you can hear the stars singing. Soon dawn came, and with the rays of the sun, flocks of birds joined the orchestra. The chorus from nature continued as a luminous rainbow encircled Marta and her body filled with radiant health. When Marta opened her eyes, she knew she was well. Having completed her task, the white rose started to wilt and feeling terrific, terrific, absolutely marvelous and terrific and happy, Marta jumped out of bed and began to hum. Joseph was overjoyed to see his wife looking so well that he began to laugh and dance. And I wish you could see the, the picture right now of Marta swirling in all sorts of colors, realizing that she is well again. Joseph smiled and held his wife in his arms. Marta whirled free and began to dance, and Joseph began to sing. 
everywhere. They moved, the colors in the land became more brilliant, and the birds sang even more loudly. I believe, said Marta, smiling, that the white rose has healed me. I can hear her song, said Joseph, picking up his guitar. Let's thank the earth, the moon, the sun, the stars, and all the invisible beings that have blessed us. And then he began to sing a melody that had come from far away. <laughs> Perhaps you can hear the melody. Afterwards, Joseph put the leaf blower in storage, and now he plays with his new baby boy in the grass that is sprinkled with leaves. Each morning, Marta dances and sings to the plants in the garden, and sometimes she sees a sparkle. Then a smile comes to her lips, and she begins to sing the healing song that she learned from the white rose. And Kachina always likes to leave a little question for people, something for you to ask yourself right now. Put your hand on your heart. See if you can feel the warmth that's there. Perhaps you'll see a color. You might even hear some music. And just ask, what song lives in your heart? Well, I hope you enjoyed the story. And remember, you can find more Sparkle Fairy Tales on infinitelightpublishing.com. So thank you to all of my magical listeners. May your lives be filled with color, light, and healing, and of course, a little sparkle. You've been listening to Anne Kate Sullivan. And until we meet again, may wisdom reveal its secrets to you one message at a time. And may... Sparkle, always be with you. (laughs) Many blessings. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.